0: Australia's largest ever single event.
1: It was the extravaganza that put Brisbane on the world stage. From April to October, the Australian $625 million fair attracted nearly 15 million visitors, as well as a good many businessmen, keen to give them attractions on which to spend their money. And those attractions weren't just at Expo. As is often the case, a strong criminal element could be traced to the underworld and would eventually be traced to the police protection officers as well. Many good stories have been told in the 25 years since Expo 88, but this following story just wasn't one of them. And even though it began in the Sunshine State, it would conclude during a very British event in a very British, if rather unorthodox, way. Progressive Murder Mystery Podcasts present Who Killed Donald T. Johnson? This episode, Bullseye by JC Leslie.
0: There are many good men and women in the world and many bad. A few are evil. For many years, such a man has engendered friends in high places, built his own empires and destroyed others. This is a story about him. His name is Donald Johnson. Have the embassy boys arrived yet?
2: No, sir, but they're on their way. Warned it might be a while. Lots of yahooing still going on, by way of celebration.
0: Silly sods. I wonder if they'll still be as keen when the national tax bill comes in. Yes, sir.
2: I heard it'd be close to £50 million. Pounds.
0: Yeah, and if the rest of the family are anything to go by, it will only last a couple of years, then the taxpayer will be paying for a divorce. But what about her? Is she in the interview room?
2: Yes, sir. I was just about to take her through the preliminaries.
0: Okay. But no coercion, we don't want to be accused of creating a bloody internet incident.
2: I think that's already happened, sir. The media are having a feeding frenzy.
0: They always do, when that goon appears. Uh, What's his condition, by the way?
2: I'm afraid I haven't been updated. Nearly dead at the crime scene. It, It didn't sound good.
0: Hmm, I guess that depends on your opinion of him. Okay, let's start the ball rolling. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir right so i'm detective inspector frazier and this is police constable ryan who will conduct a recorded interview according to procedure i understand a representative from the australian embassy is on his way and will be briefed accordingly you may begin pc ryan yes sir thank you sir
2: Can you please state for the record your full name, address and date of birth?
3: Alison Jane Ellis, Two Kangaroo Street, Albion, Queensland, Australia, 15th of April 1965.
2: You're an Australian?
3: Can't you tell from the accent?
2: Just answer the questions. Yes, I'm an Aussie. Why are you in the United Kingdom at the moment?
3: I came for the Royal Wedding, of course. Didn't everybody?
2: Can you just answer my question?
3: I came for the hunt. I
2: heard there would be
3: a royal hunt. I know fox hunts are illegal, but I'm told some of the psychopathic narcissists attending the royal wedding
2: wanted a bit of flesh. And where were you, the psychopathic narcissist?
3: No. I had
2: different prey. Would you like to tell me about it? Not really. You've been brought here for questioning after being found in the vicinity of a crime scene. This is a serious matter, and I asked you to take it seriously.
3: Oh, I'm never serious. We Aussies aren't. How do you heard of Day or Adam Hills?
2: Look, we found you in the woods in the Lake District, with a bow in your hand. We've got a dead body with an arrow in the back, and those arrows are the same as we found in your quiver. At the moment, you'll be an here for questioning, but with the circumstantial evidence against you, if you don't want to answer those questions seriously, then we don't need to wait for your embassy to arrive. I can charge you and send you back to the cell, where you can wait on your embassy visit there.
3: OK, OK. Where do you want me to start?
2: How about you tell me why you're in England at the moment?
3: I came over to compete in the World Archery Masters Championship.
2: Using hunting broadhead points on your arrows? I understand that's illegal in target archery. Yeah, well, it is. So why'd you have them?
3: To make sure and kill that narcissistic bastard with just one arrow.
2: For the record, which narcissistic bastard are we talking about?
3: That slimeball, cretin, Donald T. Johnson.
2: And what reasons do you have for wanting to kill Donald T. Johnson? I wanted to do it
3: for the last 30 years. Ever since he sent a hitman after my husband.
2: Can you tell me about it?
3: I guess I don't really have a choice, do I?
2: You don't have to answer anything. It's your choice. But it will look better if you cooperate.
3: OK, then. It was during World Expo 88 in Brisbane. Lots of world leaders... Heads of corporations and major players were meeting in Brisbane during the six months of Expo. And one of them, who was there doing his dirty dealings, was that narcissist Donald T. Duck. My husband, Norm, was a senior police detective with the major crime unit of the QPS.
2: Can you state for the record what QPS stands for?
3: Queensland Police Service. Norm was investigating a major ring of trafficking in underage girls for the sex trade. Few high up government workers and senior police were involved. Norm reckoned the police minister and police commissioner were on the take for it too. The whole government in Queensland was dirty at that time. There were a few clean police. My Norm, one of them, who were digging into the dirt. Norm and his team were sure it was that pig, Donald Duck, behind it all. And the one bankrolling the whole outfit.
2: What do you mean he was bankrolling the whole outfit?
3: I don't know all that it, but apparently Donald Duck had been trafficking in underage girls for a while and had already established lines of trade in Australia, the US, and UK. He's even bigger in the traffic and trade now, with the ease of using the internet and all the social media platforms for grooming young girls. And of course, he can advertise these innocent young girls for sale to those sick fucks on the dark
2: web. Focusing back on 1988 though, Did your husband, um, uh, Norm, find the evidence for this trafficking in underage girls?
3: Norm was sent to meet up with one of his informants, but it was a set-up. He was told to meet his informant at one of the old wharves along the Brisbane River. Lots of old storage sheds stand on the wharves, derelict or hardly used. He, Norm... Didn't think anything of meeting in this spot, as it was one he'd used before. Instead, a hitman met him. He severely beat my Norm. And then he put a gun to Norm's temple and pulled the trigger.
2: Your husband was killed?
3: (laughs) No. The bullet managed to go straight from his right temple and out his left. He didn't die he suffered an orbital fracture which took out his sight and his senses of smell and taste. I guess it was lucky, though. The hitman left him for dead and his partner found him a few minutes afterwards in a pool of blood.
2: That's an incredible lucky trajectory. Lucky?
3: No, my strong, fit husband, who loved his career as a police officer, who was renovating our house, who loved to restore silky oak furniture, who loved my cooking, had everything he loved taken away from him. After he got out of hospital, he just sat around doing nothing. In a stupor of depression, I could hardly convince him to eat. Everything to him now is just a texture in his mouth. He can't appreciate anything he eats. He could eat dog shit and wouldn't be able to tell the difference between that and my most wickedly delicious chocolate mud cake. And as for the renovations, they're still half finished as Norm won't let anyone else work on the house as he still sees it as his responsibility.
2: Where is Norm now? Oh,
3: he's here in London too. He was doing a training session today with the British blind archers.
2: So, talk me through what has happened in the last 30 years since Norm was shot and you both arrived in the UK.
3: Norm sat around depressed for the first 18 months after he was shot. Then, a police officer friend took him out to the rifle range one day and there were other blind shooters competing in the sport. He thought... Putting a gun back in Norm's hand would help him get over his PTSD. Did it? No, it made it worse. Any loud bangs make Norm freak out now. There was an archery field next to the rifle range though. So Norm decided to instead give that a go.
2: He was okay with archery.
3: Archery is a nice, quiet sport but still needs technique and strength. And, well, I think Norm liked to imagine he was shooting that bastard. He became really good at archery and became the National Blind Archery Champion and competed in a few world championships representing Australia as well.
2: Uh, Just a question of interest. How does a blind person do archery? Oh, it's easy. The assistant
3: stands at the target and rings a little bell and the blind archer aims for it. Really? <laughs> no, of course not. The assistant would need to have a death wish to do that. The blind archer uses a footplate plate to keep their feet in the right direction and a tripod to touch their bow hand against so the assistant can line them up Directly with the bull's eye. After that, it's all down to the technique of the archer. And especially with blind archers, good core strength. So they stand straight and don't wobble.
2: You became a good archer?
3: Yes. I was there training with Norm so often, I ended up shooting most days. I'm not Olympic level but I hold my own in the Masters Division.
2: You said you came over to compete in the World Masters Archery Competition. Yes,
3: it was finally the perfect opportunity. I had a reason to travel with all my archery gear. And buying a few broadhead points for my arrows wouldn't raise any questions, since archers hunt bunnies and bambies here. We knew Donald Duck would be here for the royal wedding and Norm had found out on the dark web about this illegal fox hunt. Since that narcissist can't miss the chance to kill something, we knew he'd be taking part.
2: And what type of bow is this that you're using? I know it's not a longbow.
3: (laughs) You English and your longbows and Robin Hood, do you know those poor archers in battle had to pull a bow of at least eight pounds in order to kill someone with a longbow? Apparently, skeletal remains of medieval archers show how their shoulders were worn and have serious repetitive strain injuries. They must have been in such pain to shoot.
2: And your bow?
3: It's a compound bow.
2: Uh, for the record, could you describe it and how it works?
3: Mm, OK. I'm not sure how much archery terminology you know.
2: Uh, very little, uh, so keep it simple.
3: A compound bow has the riser, which is basically the handle that you hold on to and the limbs where the strings attach. But unlike a long bow, which is just a long stick with a string compound has a series of cables and pulleys and cams so that when you draw the string back at maximum draw you're holding a lot less weight. This means there is a lot more energy stored so that arrow flies much quicker. The archer can hold at full draw for a lot longer to line up with the target ...without needing to hold all the weight like you need to with a long bow or recurve.
2: Okay, so a compound is, is a much better bow to use when you need to spend time to line up with your target.
3: Yes. Compounds are mostly used for hunting as you can line up your prey and wait until they're in the perfect position.
2: But how did you know where to wait? I'm informed in hunting archery, to be accurate, you need to shoot at 30 metres.
3: Yes, that's true. Norm and I arrived a few weeks ago and scouted the area where the fox hunt would be held. We chose a perfect spot where I could stay hidden, but there were no branches or leaves in my arrow's flight, but where that pig would be within 30
2: metres. But how did you know Donald Johnson would come to that spot?
3: Norm has spent years on his talking computer, trolling the dark web and learning about Donald Duck's dirty dealings and finding quite a few other people along the way also, with reasons to want to send him down to hell. Really? Like who? Oh, I could name a few business organisers who lost a ton of money at Expo. And before that, most of the beauty pageants between 1970 and 80 could relate a few incidents with finalists that never got reported to the police. And I think you'll find he has run foul of some of the triad groups in Asia, let alone those who made it to London. And we haven't even started on parents. of Teenage girls have got mixed up in pedophile rings. Yeah, good old Donald T. Johnson got a whole long list of people who wanted to see him dead.
2: Phew, that's quite a list.
3: Yeah, and they're the only ones that Norm found when
2: he was researching. Back to my question though, how did you know that Johnson would come to that spot?
3: Norm posed as an underage girl on Facebook, and that bastard, Donald Duck, thought he was grooming his next victim. Still at the old perv, after all these years. So, what was set up? Norm fixed a spot, posing as this young girl who was happy to lose her innocence to that slime ball. She arranged to meet him just to the edge of the fox hunt area out of direct view of those on the hunt. That pig was expecting to meet an innocent young girl. Instead, he met an arrow in the back.
2: So the plan worked, and you saw Donald Johnson arrive at that spot?
3: No. From where I was hidden, I couldn't see him arrive. I could only see him when he was standing at the meeting point.
2: But how did you know it was Johnson standing there? I knew. How did you know? Uh, did he turn around so you can see his face?
3: No, he didn't need to. That fool, even though he long deserted his homeland of Australia, always insisted on him wearing that bloody Akubra. What other idiot would be out on an illegal fox hunt in the UK wearing an Akubra? Once I saw that hat, I knew I had my target. Then I just let that narcissistic bastard have it in the back, the way he had been treating hundreds of his victims throughout his slimy long life. Retribution, I call it.
1: Bizarre accident at a bizarre event. That's the way the death has been described by the coroner at the inquest of Donald Johnson this afternoon. The Australian businessman and member of the infamous Adventurers Club was attending an illegal fox hunt held at Barrymount Estate, former home of the Duke of Northumbria and currently owned by Wang Ho, owner of several casinos in Macau. Despite overwhelming public opinion and a long-standing ban, fox hunting shows no sign of abating in the UK. In 2014, it was found that 250,000 fox hunters attended Boxing Day hunts across the UK and the 2018 hunt season alone has already seen 550 reports of illegal hunting although these figures only represent known incidents. In further news, it is reported that an elderly man with a severe medical condition is wanted by the police for questioning. The man is in his late 60s and is legally blind. Police say he is not considered dangerous although he may be carrying a bow and arrow.
4: I'm the author of Bullseye, and I just wanted to tell you a little bit about how I came up with two of the ideas in my story. In fact, both of them have their origins in Wales. I was undertaking an arts leadership mentorship over in Wales in 2016. And two of the things that happened to me was, one, I woke up one morning to the sounds of horns going and horses walking up the street right outside my door, hounds barking. And I was quite shocked because I knew that the UK had banned hunts in 2004 and yet this was 2016, and yet this was definitely a hunt taking place in the area in the, near the village where I was staying, and having researched it further, there are still people being prosecuted for illegal fox hunting in the UK. The other thing that happened to me was I was researching the village where I was staying before I travelled to Wales, and I saw what I thought sounded like fun. It was advertising archery in the nave. So in an 18th century cathedral, every Friday night they were having archery. I went down and said to the lady taking it, can I take part? I'm blind but I don't see that to be any reason why I can't shoot an arrow. Then it turned out that she was a Welsh ex-Olympic champion and she'd actually coached blind archers before because it's a big British blind archery squad so I looked into it once I arrived home. What happens with a blind archer is using a camera tripod with something that's tactile on top of it mounted to it. I in fact use an archery sight except it's turned upside down and part of the sight is touching against the back of my hand My hand that is holding the bow up has something touching against it, so basically my arm is pointing in the direction of the target. And then my feet are in a foot plate, so it's so my feet stay pointing in the right direction also to the target and that I'm straddling the shooting line. Then an assistant is required. In fact, it's quite illegal to shoot without having an assistant it's a case of getting your body, so it's getting a good technique, which all archers need anyway, and then getting your body all lined up straight, relying on your assistant to line you up straight, because if your assistant doesn't line you up with the tripod and footplate, so you're pointing at the target, you'll never hit the target. There's quite a, a n- number of countries around the world who are competing in blind archery. Unfortunately, it's not a Paralympic sport yet, but we're working on that. So I hope you've enjoyed hearing a little bit about Blind Artery.
1: You have been listening to Bullseye, episode three of Who Killed Donald T. Johnson, a progressive murder mystery podcast comprised of international scriptwriters and actors. Bullseye by JC Leslie was performed by Wendy Kemp as narrator, Terry Frawley as the detective inspector, Mark Anthony as the police officer, and Di Matthews as Ali. For more information about this and other episodes, please go to Progressive Murder Mystery And if you're feeling in a good mood, please give us a nice review on your favourite podcast platform. Thank you.